When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Conspiracy. Why is it every game the Oilers have more penalties than the opponent? Another texter says if there was a conspiracy, Dustin's Dustin Brown's goal would have counted. And Trucker Dave says, Hi, Reed, there isn't a conspiracy. The officiating is just that bad. It's nothing new in the National Hockey League. Some text to 63630. We're also talking about uh, unexpected, unusual food that you have been offered or tried. Bill says, in Shenzhen province in China, I was fed broiled fish that was still alive when it was brought to the table. They put a great deal of importance on the freshness of their catch. Yuck. That is from Bill. Well, that sounds pretty fresh if it's still alive when it's brought to the table. That's I, I, Can it get any fresher? I, I don't know. Maybe if they just dunked you underwater and told you to catch fish with your mouth, maybe. Have you seen the video that was trending online a few months ago of the squid delicacy? I think it's in Japan or something like that, where they just have the squid without the head up on top of, like, a rice bowl. And then they pour, like, some sort of sauce on top of the squid and it dances around. The squid dances? Yeah, on top of the rice bowl. Ah, I'll have to watch that video. It's kind of creepy, yeah. (laughs) Just a little bit. Thanks, buddy. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, this texter says, ask Kellen Kennedy what to do about the Oilers. He crushed me in our hockey pool for years. He knows. So there you go. You got an admirer. Hey, uh, Somebody you're always beating in, in your hockey pool. He can uh, private message me. I think I know who that is. Oilers will be back at it tomorrow, taking on the Nashville Predators. 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock start of the game here on 6.30, Chet. A uh, bit of an Olympic theme to, to this show. Obviously, it was uh, tough for curling. Canada got the gold in mixed doubles, but in women's curling, didn't make the playoffs. And then the men's team of Kevin Cooey, Mark Kennedy, Brent Lang, and Ben Hebert made the semifinals, but lost the semi and lost the bronze medal game to come home in fourth. And Mark Kennedy joins us now. Mark, uh, glad to have you home, buddy. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. I'm good, man. Battling a little bit of jet lag, but uh, nice to be home. Well, I, I bet you would. I know I texted you the day after the the event ended, and you, and you simply said, well, the sun came up today. I mean, I know you didn't get the result you wanted, but, uh, you know, t- tell me how the uh, first 24 hours or so were after the bronze medal game. Uh, it was disappointing. You know, we had pretty high expectations um, and put ourselves in a pretty good position to get a medal, so... You know, it was sad. Uh, a lot of family and friends were there as well, and you could tell they were upset and disappointed. So, I mean, it comes with the territory. It sucks, but, um, you know, you quickly 
you know, you gain perspective on the fact that it's just a game and it's not the end of the world. And, you know, we got uh, friends and family that still love us and life's still good. So, you know, you can keep it in perspective. But, uh, yeah, it's a little fresh and, and still hurts a bit. I mean, I know you did you did well in the round robin and then, you know, unfortunately lost your last two games. Did Which do you think is more true? Did, did you guys beat yourself with mistakes or did opponents just have better days? Uh, to be honest, it was a it's a combination of both. Um, you know, I've, I've I'm the type of guy that analyzes a lot, so I've I've looked back at the week, every game, basically every shot, just to kind of see what went right and what went wrong. Uh, you know, we definitely got the best out of a lot of teams. They played really well, um, but we certainly didn't have the same level of play that we've had before when we've won international competitions. So it was a good combination of both. Um, and you know what we take the the criticism and it's all fair but we were really close like we're only one or two shots away in that semi-final from getting to the final um, and, and then you know having a really good game against Nicholas Adin so we weren't very far off uh, you know sometimes that's just the nature of curling it's one shot here or there you know one big shot one big draw the difference between getting a medal and and coming in fourth. So we've been on both sides of that, and uh, you know it just it sucks to be on on this side of it at the Olympic Games. Well, did you have a sense at any point in the week that that maybe you guys weren't playing as well as as you wanted to? And I know if you if you aren't, you're always trying to get it back. But did that ever set in a little bit? Uh, you know what? You're a sports guy, Reed. I'll, I'll take you through a little bit of the week. We knew uh, we knew right away that guys were going to be playing well against us. Like even our first game against Italy, that's a game you'd kind of in the back of your mind think you're going to control and, and win fairly handily. And it was it was evident right away that that wasn't the case. We actually played a really good game against Italy and it took us seven ends to turn the scoreboard and get control. And that kind of became the theme. You know, we really had to bear down and focus on playing our best to just win these games, and that's what was happening. I think towards the end of the week, I think we knew that Kevin was struggling a little bit with draw weight. Um, so we, you know, we discussed it. We did a couple things to work on it, and then we also kind of changed our strategy to make the shots a little bit easier for Kevin towards the end of the game. Um, so, you know, we knew it wasn't our best, but whatever. You don't have your best. You just try to manage it. And I thought we did a, a really good job of getting through the round robin. Our goal was six wins, and we got ourselves into second place. Uh, and then the semifinal read, you know what? Anytime you're in a big game, you're just trying to control the scoreboard. And we started the game with Last Rock. And our, honestly, our goal is to come down in the last end with Last Rock again. And we got ourselves into the eighth end, tied up with Last Rock, and then that end kind of got away with us or away from us. So, you know, I give ourselves a 75% chance of winning most games, tied up with three ends to go, and we just couldn't quite finish that one off. But um, it was a long week, and then I was pretty proud of the way we fought and grinded to get ourselves in the playoffs, and um, just you know just couldn't quite finish it off. But we were damn close. Mark Kennedy joining us on Inside Sports, back from curling at the Olympics, uh, part of the Kevin Cooey rink. Uh, they finished uh, fourth. 
You know, Mark, look, it's, uh, and, and look, if, if people are, are for some reason thinking you and I are talking for the first time, we are not. We have talked uh, after several major events, uh, win or lose, so I appreciate that you always come on and, uh, and are honest with me. So I got to ask you this, because the mixed team won, that was a new event. Rachel Holman yep. had a tough time. You guys got fourth, just missed out on the podium. Usually you at least pencil in a couple of medals in curling for Canada at the Olympics. How do you, and maybe you just don't care or don't pay attention to it, but how do you, like, I, you know, I Googled Kevin Cooey today and you see uh, articles like Canada's failure at the Olympics, Canada's curling yeah. disaster, yeah. all that type. I mean, what do you think of that? Uh, I don't, uh, you don't pay too much attention because, uh, you know, us as curlers, curling's a pretty small community. Um, we know where Canadian curling is at on the international level. We know we're still very strong. We know we've still got the best teams and the best curlers in the world. We've also been aware for a long time that the international teams are getting better um, and and have been training here in Canada and catching up to us. And you know, but by no means have they surpassed us. This is just a, a one week type of thing. Um, and and you know, you get a lot of the media and a lot of the fans that only watch curling every four years. So they've just gotten used to winning medals pretty handily and. They've gotten used to Canadian teams winning international events. But if you look at the history, you know, a lot of the teams have struggled to make playoffs at international events. You know, our, our junior teams, we haven't won a world junior title in quite a few years. So that competition is getting so much stronger. This is by no means a, a giant failure. Sure, we'd love to have a couple shots back, and, and so would Rachel, and both teams would be back on the podium, and we wouldn't even be talking about this. Um, but there is a lot of parity in curling, and that's, great you know as a curling fan it's wonderful to see these teams come out and play the way they did and earn victories and and it's going to only grow the game on a global stage so you know it's kind of a typical canadian thing to do when it comes to hockey or curling though and that's to panic when we don't win everything um but we've got some uh great teams and uh there's no need to panic we'll just uh you know there'll be some good debriefs and look take a look at really what happened and what we can maybe do to prepare our teams a little bit better for the next Olympics. Mark, uh, away from the ice, and I know, and I know you were obviously very focused on, on playing while you were there, but away from the ice, tell me a little bit about the South Korean experience. I mean, I had Jay Onright uh, on in the last half hour. He didn't have to worry about doing much work there at all, like you did, and he was telling us about some of the food and uh, interacting with a lot of the people. Uh, tell me about your South Korean experience. Yeah, you know what, Reed? It was fantastic. Uh, just the South Korean people in general were very, very friendly. Uh, and you know what? I heard what Jay said, and he's right. It's one of the cleanest countries you've ever seen. And he's also right that it's really hard to find a garbage can anywhere. Um, but it was great. You know, the food was great. Our our preparation and our lead-up was wonderful. We loved it. We loved every minute of it. And then getting the opportunity to see all the Canadian athletes that we've got to know over the years, you know, uh, uh, Scott and Tessa, um, you know, Mark McMorris, a lot of the women's hockey team. Uh, it was great to meet some of the, the men's hockey players that you, you wouldn't have met otherwise and that we haven't met before. They were so excited and passionate to be there. So it was a, a wonderful experience. We had a great group of family and friends that came over and, you know, got to expose themselves to a little bit of the culture shock and the, and the different food and everything. So, you know, away from the ice, we made sure to take in a lot of events and, and have a lot of time and make sure that we enjoyed the whole experience. 
What's next for you guys? Is there some time off, or you got uh, some? There's still big events on the curling calendar. Yeah, we've got three events coming up. Our next one's in Winnipeg at the Elite Ten. Um, before that, we're actually going down to the Briar for the opening weekend, just to uh, to see some fans and watch some curling. And um, you know, it's kind of a, a thing that Canadian curlers have done in the past. You win a medal at the Olympics, and then you get to go celebrate it at the Briar the week after. Uh, and you know, we didn't win a medal. And it was like, well, do we cancel this appearance now? Do we not go? Is it, is it kind of embarrassing? But we were concerned that that kind of gives the wrong message. You know, we should be celebrating our Olympians regardless of whether they're on the podium or not. And so we're going to go there and get together as a team and, and meet a lot of fans and shake hands and sign some autographs and, and make sure that, um, you know, this isn't looked at as a, as a huge failure, that, you know, we went and represented well and we were only a couple shots away from bringing home a medal. Well, I think you should go and, and uh, look, Mark. Again, I appreciate you coming on, and and I do think it's uh, it's over the top some of the uh, criticism and and use of the F word, the the seven letter one failure, uh, relating to this. Uh, I, I I will say this, and, and I, I'm disappointed as someone who's who's known you a while now. I'm disappointed you get that medal. I wanted you to get it, but I'm not. I, I don't think you know you're a failure. I, I don't think you you went and misrepresented the country. But I will say this: when I was a kid watching the Olympics, especially a lot of the individual sports in the Summer and Winter Olympics, we'd be talking about Canadians uh, finishing in the top twelve. Oh, and isn't this great? Somebody got ninth, and they thought they yeah. were going to get fifteenth. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd sooner deal with some of the unfair criticism you guys are getting than than being content with being uh, a decent also rant. So I'll I'll put it I, that way. I, I agree, Reed. And, and to touch on that, because of what's happened to us. I think it's important that, you know, we as a society look at failure in, in such a negative way. And, you know, as athletes, we kind of learn to deal with it and cope with it. But really, you know, our sports psych has a great term. You're either winning or you're learning. You know, it's not about losing. It's some of the best successes I've had in my life have come after some of the deepest disappointments. It, it's a great opportunity to, to learn and grow and reflect on what you could have done better and you usually come back bigger and stronger because of it and even when you look at the game in general in in canada you know this rather than looking at it as a, as a failure you look at it as an opportunity uh, you know what can we do better you know where where we burnt out um it, was it something to do with ice conditions it, it just it, there's always an opportunity to get better so I get disappointed when I see the, you know, like you said, failure and screwed up and we're a disaster when that's not the way we should be looking at it. So, you know, we're, we're going through that all right now, but um, maybe you and I can uh, have a chance to have a beer and talk about that again another time. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. All the best the rest of the season. No problem, Reed. Thanks for having me, man. We'll talk to you soon. That is curler Mark Kennedy. Absolutely love having him on the show. Great perspective on what happened to the Canadian men's and women's team at Pyeongchang, where they go from here. And that's a guy in his career, and he's talked about on the show the ups and downs, the times of uh, high confidence and self-doubt. He's been through them all. He's going to be back. He's And, hey, they finished fourth. It's not like they went over there and went winless and were blown out of the bond spiel. 720 Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet.
All right, Oil 10 has texted back, and I appreciate you doing that. He says, Reed, uh, if you don't like the production per 60 minutes stat, that's fair. Adjust the numbers to 16 minutes, which is Lucic's average playing time, 0.31 points over 63 games. That would be 20 more points for Connor so far this season not playing with Milan. Is that significant? Well, obviously, that's hugely significant. He hasn't played with Lucic every game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Lucic is having just... uh, I don't even know what appropriate word. He's having a a Luchichian struggle. He's at the point where he gets his own word. Steven says, hey, Reed, just curious how people are comparing. Eberle at this point last year had 13 goals. Strom has 12. Why don't you compare this year to this year, which is 22 goals to 12, or last year 13 goals to 7? I have no issues with Strom. I like him as a third-line center. For two and a half million, but there's no comparison to him and Everly. I would take Everly every day of the year. Horrible trade, one for one. Wish we'd kept Everly and got Strom in another way, like a second round pick and a prospect or something. That is from Stephen. Uh, yeah, I think you got to compare. Well, I think you compare the numbers at the end of the year. That's really the best way to do it. I think you also have to compare Ryan Strom to Ryan Strom. And I think you had to hope for a 40-point season for Strom. Unlikely to get there. He has 29 points. If he does get there, it's obviously going to be too late because there's too much of the season that went by the wayside. Brian S. says, I love rare steak. Some people think it's still alive when I eat it. Brian also says, I've stopped complaining about officiating. There has to be some behind-the-scenes politics just when you think officiating can't get any worse. Yakushev says, Reed, your dad makes a good point. Boiled hot dog, no mustard. His most disgusting food. Interesting. Daniel from Cochrane. We're big in Cochrane. I think we got like two listeners in Cochrane. That's cool. Which is interesting because there's a lot of radio stations in another large city that are close to Cochrane. It's cowboy country down there. So uh, Daniel chooses inside sports. We right appreciate on. that. Daniel says, in Australia, I ate witchetty grubs as well as snake, honeypot ants, and giant bird-eating spiders. Daniel, I'm glad you ate them before they ate you. Do we have time for Rocket? We got, what, 40? We got 40 seconds for Rocket. Rocket, I got it. you call a lot, though, so I, got, I'll, I'll, I don't mind cutting you a bit short tonight because usually you get a lot of time. Go ahead. No, you can, you can cut me off in five seconds, Reed, no problem. <laughs> no, do, do, do 40. Go ahead. I just uh, I just was kind of wondering where you think we're going from here, like as a team. I know the last 20 games is going to be, you know, insert this player, insert that player, see what he's doing. But I, I see a lot of guys like Kara I'd like to see stick around, um, you know, maybe Camilleri as a, as a depth player, you know, with a, a small contract, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I've been kind of looking at it, and, and I really think we need that, like that right shot offensive defenseman and then just, like, two forwards. Sure, so, who, so who are you trading is... for Tyson Berry? There's my question to you. Who are you trading for Tyson Berry? Or if you're Colorado, who do you ask for? Right? I don't trade I don't trade Nugent Hopkins. Okay. I don't do that. Do you I, trade I, think, he's, do you I trade... think he finally came into his own. Would you trade Clefbaum for Berry, then? That I think you question. have to. All right. Thanks, Rocket. 780-496-0063. More Olympic stuff. Hey, she won two medals. Caitlin Osmond, when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. All right, quickly on the scoreboard here. 
The Canadians have beaten the Islanders 3-1. Sabres and Lightning in overtime tied 1-1. Blues... Boy, their coach Mike Yo getting angry after the game last night. Blues lead the Red Wings 1-0 late second period. Flames in Colorado, that's about to start. Rangers and Canucks are at 8. Uh, quickly, a couple of texts here. Kirk says, could you check out how many penalties the Oilers have had versus American teams and Toronto? Or do we have to check ourselves? Seems every time the Oilers are stuck by the refs. Please check and see for yourself. Yeah, thanks, Kirk. I look at that all the time. Yes, the Oilers have had the fewest power play opportunities in the league. The Leafs have had the fourth fewest, so there goes your theory there. Two of the top five teams in terms of power play opportunities are Canadian. Calgary fourth, Winnipeg fifth. Colorado, Chicago, Tampa Bay have had the most power plays in the league. Richard says, Lucic is not done, but he will have to reinvent himself, as many players do when they get into their 30s. And he is also in a different conference now. From his past success, he will have to, to completely restructure and reinvent his game to be successful going forward. Most players have done it, or many players have done it before. That is from Richard. You can text 630-630. All right, talking to people back from the Olympics, we had broadcaster Jay Onright on the show. We had curler Mark Kennedy, and I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports two-time medalist in South Korea, figure skater Caitlin Osmond. Caitlin, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to talk to you. I know it's been a, a busy last few days. Tell us a little bit about, about life since you got back to Edmonton. It, it's been so much fun and so so busy. Um, I've been able to see a lot of friends, a lot of family, and I had a couple of relaxing days, and I'm back training tomorrow. Back training? I was going to ask you how long you're taking off from training, so not a lot of rest, eh? Not a lot of rest. I have Worlds coming up in, in about three weeks. Uh so I had to get ready for that. Now, how do you psych up for Worlds after you just had the Olympics? Um, it's definitely a little hard, especially this week. Um, just coming down from the Olympics and the hype from there. Um, but I want to do it again. And having a World Silver Medal from last year, I want to be able to repeat that. So I'm going to use that as a bit of motivation right now. Okay. It was uh, it was an interesting two weeks for for you in South Korea because you were part of the the team competition that was at the beginning, and then the last figure skating event was uh, was the women's skate. So what did you do in between to stay sharp or practice? How did you deal with that? Um, they were definitely really trying to test our patience. I feel like with the ladies' event, um, it was a, it's a really long couple of weeks. Um, but after the medal event of uh, after winning gold with the team event, um, I enjoyed that for the next day and a bit and just had fun, realized that I'm going home no matter what with a gold medal. And I actually left the village for a little while. I went into Seoul and trained at a rink away from everyone else. Uh, just the Canadian team was there, uh, the ladies and some of the dancers. And I was able to go back to my regular training, um, relax in a hotel and my parents were in Seoul with me, so I was hanging out with them, and it just felt like when I got back to the village and got prepared for my own individual event, it felt like I was at a completely new event, and that's um, the biggest way that I stayed focused. Hmm, interesting. Well, that's that's a pretty cool way to look at it. The team event has been 
criticized by some people, not a lot of people, but uh, Steve Simmons for the National Post wrote a very scathing article about the mixed doubles curling and the team figure skating, and he actually went so far as to call them lesser medals, and he said that figure skaters, figure skating is basically an individual sport, so why do you try to put it together as a team? What was the team event like, and do you want to respond to uh, you know anybody who says that they don't understand it? There's so many different sports in the Olympics and if you look at any sport there's even an individual sport like gymnastics or or luge or speed skating there's always a team event there's um the team event in gymnastics there's team pursuit the relay um and in skating we never had that op- option we've only had our individual events you have one shot for a medal and that's it um so having that team event does give that extra option and i absolutely love the team event not only because Canada's strong. We've had a strong team at the last two Olympics, but because even though we're an individual event, we still represent a country, and we still are great friends off the ice, and we're able to show that on a uh, world stage. We're allowed to show that uh, Canadians are strong, and we can compete any which way, and we can show that support as much as we can, and as many times as we can step out on the Olympic stage. Um, means we get to represent the country once more so i absolutely love that event and being able to win gold with that i'm very excited for it didn't feel like a lesser medal to me yeah right on well said caitlin osmond joining us on inside sports uh, edmonton's own figure skater gold and bronze in uh ping Chang. and now you have all three colors right because you got a silver in 2014 i do <laughs> yeah you got the set that's cool and you can always add to it but it's cool you got one of each uh, for now you, you mentioned your parents i know they were shown on on tv a few times I know you obviously wouldn't have been seeing their reactions while while you were skating, but just what did it mean to you to to have them there? And and just I know it's probably hard to summarize just what they've meant to your career overall. It felt so good to have them there. Um, they're the ones who put me into skating, and they never pushed me to compete at the Olympics. They didn't pressure me to compete at a high level or medal at these big events. Um, they only wanted me to skate to stay healthy and to do something outside of school and outside of um, just hanging out with friends. He just wanted me to have a career growing up and that's all that skating was for me until I started competing at higher levels and then things got a little bit more stressful for me but they were able to keep um, keep that enjoyment going and keeping my skating just for me and everything that came they would just support it. So having them there it felt truly remarkable. I knew they were there. I knew where they were sitting. I saw them briefly with a glimpse up into the stands before I competed. And I've seen multiple videos of their reactions since then. And it was just so much fun. Uh, d- does one of them get more nervous than the other that they admit to? Like, is there, um, a, is there one that's calming on the other? Or are they both kind of basket cases? <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely in different types of nervous energy. Um, definitely both of them are nervous. I actually think that my dad gets more nervous. He just, I don't think he speaks. <laughs> and from my hear, from my hear, my mom's pretty sure he doesn't breathe. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> but my mom, on the other hand, was jumping out of her seat. She was losing her mind. She was hilarious. I think everyone enjoyed her reaction a little more. <laughs> Caitlin, I, I, I told you this uh, briefly yesterday when we were setting up the interview. I got to see your free skate after an Oilers game because you were skating uh, something like 11 o'clock uh, 
Edmonton time. So Rob Brown and I were doing overtime open line, and we got to see you skate while we were taking phone calls on, on an Oilers game. And you you were in a, a pretty good spot, obviously. Uh, how did you feel about your free skate? I know they do the little thing with the green lights. I think you might have had one yellow light. So was there one element that you could have done a little better or how like tell me how you felt about the skate overall and uh or maybe they did all go green at the end i don't know you'll remember better than me <laughs> um going into my long program i was petrified i knew i had the chance of a podium and i didn't want to lose that and my long program is usually my nemesis i've had struggles with it um in the last year um but it went so well i was so excited it's the first time i did essentially a clean program in competition for my line program in multiple years so that meant a lot to me to begin with um it there was one yellow and that's because i did make one mistake on one jump but there was no fall it was the smallest of mistakes that i could could have made um i stayed on my feet that was the biggest thing and other than that one mistake which is on a jump that i usually never make a mistake on um, I did things that I haven't done yet this year in competition and got to perform a program that meant a lot to me. Um, the story is really strong to me, and I was finally able to show that story the way it was meant to be shown. Okay, tell, tell me about the, the song and the story and what your connection with it. Um, my, my long program is The Black Swan, and if anyone's seen the movie, um, it's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's what I was trying to portray is the wise one who's innocent and naive and almost a little scared to risk boundaries, whereas the black one is more free and evil and willing to push boundaries, and even if that means making a mistake here or there. Um, and the way to become perfect at the very end is to be able to embrace both the white and black swan. And that's the way I felt in my program is that I was always scared to make mistakes to the point that I would make them. And until I embrace to allow myself to have that mistake but enjoy the performance, that was the only way that I was able to have that performance at the Olympics. Wow, great answer. Thanks for sharing that. Caitlin Osmond on Inside Sports tonight. Your medal was the, the 27th. I know there were more after you, but yours was the, the 27th, which put Canada over the top for a new record for the most ever at the, at the Winter Olympics. Did that click with you at the time, or did someone have to tell you later? I actually had no idea what the medal count was when I was competing. Um, I knew we were doing well every time I watched an event on TV. We were always getting medals, it seemed. Um, <laughs> but I had no idea what the medal count was, and I had no idea that my skate would push it over the, the record until I was in the mix on post-skate, and they were ta- talking to me, and they are like, uh, you just pushed Canada over their record. And... I was so excited about that. Um, I was already excited with getting a, a bronze medal, and then to be able to say that with my skate and a few off after that, obviously I didn't keep my medal glory for too long. There was a lot of medals that came shortly afterwards. Um, <laughs> it was it was really exciting. Yeah, well, it was exciting to watch you. Thanks for taking taking us through your your experience and and what it was like going through the free skate. We're we're so happy for you, Caitlin. I know you've been on the show uh, show before, so you're going to give us another reason to talk to you when you get back from Worlds, right? <laughs> Definitely, Caitlin. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. That is Caitlin Osmond checking in, so she gets the Olympic gold in the team, the bronze in the ladies. 
in Ping Chang, and of course, she got the silver in the team four years ago. She is uh, just a delight to talk to. Congratulations to her, and hopefully, there's more more success for her down the road. Seven forty six, Inside Sports on six thirty. Ched, the Oilers did not practice today. Getting back from San Jose, they'll practice. Uh, they'll have a morning skate tomorrow. Game tomorrow night. The Oilers update for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. We'll talk a little U of A hockey, Canada West Championship on the line when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. 5.30 face-off show tomorrow, game at 7, Oilers Hockey, courtesy Furnace Family. Edmonton's Furnace replacement experts call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. You'll have Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, and me bringing you that game against the Predators. Tonight, Sabres upend the Lightning 2-1 in overtime. Pominville gets the winner. Canadians beat the Islanders 3-1 after two. Blues up 1-0 on Detroit. In the first, Flames and Avalanche are scoreless. And coming up in about 15 minutes, the Rangers take on the Canucks. Friday night, Saturday night, and maybe Sunday night at Claire Drake Arena. The best of three Canada West final between the Saskatchewan Huskies and the U of A Golden Bears. And I'm pleased to welcome Golden Bears forward Luke Philp to the show. Luke, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing very well. Thanks for checking in tonight. Congratulations. Your Canada West leading scorer, your Canada West player of the year. How does that feel? Yeah, thanks. It's um it's it's pretty cool. Um yeah, I'm pretty happy, I'm pretty honored, so yeah, I'm pretty happy. Obviously, your teammate Jason Fram got Defenseman of the Year, Stephen Owry, Rookie of the Year, and you're going to be going up against the Goaltender of the Year, uh, a guy from Leduc. We've had him on the show a few times, Jordan Cook of the Saskatchewan Huskies. So, look, you've uh, you've been through this battle against the Huskies uh, a few times yourself, and uh, it's it's an it's an ongoing storyline uh, for the media and for the fans. So, what do you expect from this series and from the Huskies? Yeah, um, you know they like to. They like to play a physical game. They like to they have their own style, that's for sure. And um, you can expect a chippy series. I think uh, whenever 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 we play them, it's uh, it's always very competitive, and um, they're fun games to be a part of. Well, I was able to go to the, uh, what was it, the 500th meeting between the two teams earlier this semester. The Friday night game at uh, Claire Drake Arena did my show from the arena that night. I, I thought, though, now I know you've played them four times, so you'll have to tell me if this was the, the situation in every game, Luke. But I thought you guys were quicker than the Huskies and capable of, of you know, maintaining a, a bit of a higher pace. Is, is that is that accurate? Is that a strength if you guys were able to execute that? Well, yeah, yeah, I think in those games that that might have been the case. That's that's definitely a strength of our team. We um, we do want to play fast because we are a fast team. So uh, you know, those two games we we played we played very well that weekend. We had um, we had a great crowd at the Drake for for the 500 meeting there. And um, but I think uh, you know the pass is a pass, and um, we gotta we gotta prepare ourselves for for this weekend. You were able to put up uh, 40 points in 28 games. What allowed you to be so successful offensively this year, Luke? Uh, I think combination of you know our our team doing so well. I think um, when when you when a team does as well as we did, uh, individual individual success just kind of takes care of itself when you 
when you look at you know my teammates and roommates actually uh Stevie and uh and Frammer they you know winning those awards as well um yeah that's a, a big factor and also my line mates uh Cox and Danny they um they make it easy for me Okay, wait a minute. So you won an award, Jason Fram won an award, and Stephen Owry won an award, and you guys all live together? We all live together, yeah. <laughs> is there anybody else in the house, or is yeah. it just the three of you? No, there's uh, two other guys. There's Lucas Nichols and Sawyer Lang, too. So do they feel bad? They didn't get awards? What, what's going to happen here? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny how that worked out, actually. All right, so look, you're going to Nationals. So describe the focus on winning Canada West, even though you have uh, already have a spot at Nationals locked up. Can it be distraction? Can it take some of the intensity away from the series, or how do you look at that? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. It's a little different in aspect, I guess, that you know, you've already got a spot in Nationals. But I think, uh, I think this series, the intensity, there's, yeah, there, it'll be no short of, or there will be no short of uh, intensity in the games and um, both teams you, you know we both want to win so um, the games I think you're going to expect a competitive series Alright your second year with the U of A uh, you and I have never talked before you played mostly for Kootenai in the WHL you wrapped up with Red Deer why was the U of A a choice uh, for you I mean you're from Southern Alberta so I assume maybe the UFC or other teams might have been looking at you why would you pick Alberta? Um, I think just the history, the main thing um, with the hockey, that is, uh, it's obviously a great school. There's lots of great schools in Canada, but um, I think just yeah, the history with the Bears, the the green and gold. I'd talked to, I'd talked to some other guys who had played here in the past, and they just said it's, it's something completely different than than what you get in the WHL. Um, it's a different different experience in that sense, but. Um, no, I, I was very happy with the decision I made, and uh, I love it here, so. Right on. Well, Luke, congratulations again on the individual awards. I know that's not your focus, but uh, go get the Huskies this weekend and all the best at Nationals as well. All right, thanks for having me on. That's Luke Philp checking in from the Golden Bears hockey team. 7 o'clock Friday will be game one of that series against the Saskatchewan Huskies. 5 o'clock on Saturday, and then if necessary, 5 o'clock on Sunday. Fun show tonight besides Luke. You heard from Olympian Caitlin Osmond, Olympian Mark Kennedy, Jay Onright from TSN, and Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show, and I can assure you nothing Jay said about Dave is accurate, though I think you probably all knew that. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer this evening. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow, teeing up the Preds and the Oilers and the face-off show at 5.30, all here on 6.30 Chat. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to everybody who called and texted as well. Adler is next. I hope you have a great night. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.